I'm Jonathan Hayes of the St. Louis Battlehawks, and this is the XFL Show. Welcome, football fans. This is the week of March 6, 2022. On the road to kickoff 2023, this is For the Love of Football, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. We're leveraging the data to grow the show, and the numbers show that you want more USFL talk this week. So it's winning time, Bryant. This is episode 211. Time for some research and development as we kick the can down this road to next year well under a year because we're 49 weeks from kickoff in the xfl but uh just over one month for the usfl i had a a great moment today you know and i don't really have a lot of these with my father but my father comes up to me he's like hey that xfl is gonna kick off next year isn't it i'm like yes it is father it is less than a year away (laughs) don't forget to check it out oh what a great feeling yeah Uh, yeah didn't know what didn't know the, the letters of the league but, oh yeah, I mean the man's seventy-two <laughs> years old and doesn't know the NFL from the NFL, so it's fine. Oh, he, did he say FXL? <laughs> Heffel? That's what he says. <laughs> My dad would just be like, "Hey, remember when uh, you could have lived in uh, New York or Connecticut with that one football league? That sucks. It didn't, it didn't happen." Yeah, thanks, Dad. Hashtag we want our job. If there's back. one person that never kicks you down when you're down, kicks you when you're down, is your dad. That I know. Of course not. Never. Yeah. 724-565-4XFL. If you want to call in to talk XFL, leave a voicemail, Texas. Or if you have an issue with your father, please let us know. We're here for you each and every single week. Daddy issues? Watching XFL.show, too. If you want to leave a comment on the official YouTube channel of, of the show, you can do it there. Or hit us up on social media at XFL Show, where the DMs are open. The sponsor for this week's show is Pretty Easy Podcasts. You can go to prettyeasypodcast.com to get your own podcast started today. Did you know that? You can podcast with all the help you would ever need on a podcast. You could be a novice and you get all the help and you sound like a pro. It's a great advantage when you're doing a podcast because a lot of people get into it to have fun and they realize, damn, this is like work. I don't want to do this anymore, but no. Not with Pretty Easy Podcast. When you go to prettyeasypodcast.com, you sign up, you get your own producer, get all the help, a friend. It's just, it's comforting and it makes podcasting two things, I would say. Not just easy, Brian, but it makes it fun, most of all. I have fun every week podcasting with you, not because you're so fun, but because our producers make it fun. They, they lay down the groundwork, the foundation for fun at prettyeasypodcast.com. Because they make podcasting uh, pretty easy, so easy that if you have like a football podcast and then suddenly you break into a therapy podcast about daddy issues, they'll easily transition you right out of that and into something to get you right back online. Oh, exactly. They'll edit it all out too because like there could have been some really awkward moments where we were talking about our childhood and you didn't. You won't even hear it because our partners at Pretty Easy Podcast, they – 
get all the riffraff out of the show and just make up, make sure we stick to the football because sometimes we'll just go off. Like I'm this close to just talking about this new Lakers show for the entire episode, Bryant. But we have good producers, I, and I, I also have mind you. Who's, it'd be fun. It would, it would be. Yeah, I mean, I, I could just go off on the show I title. Do not think it's BS. <laughs> we'll talk about some BS today too. But uh, let, let's first and foremost dink and dunk around XFL social media. Let's go to xfl.show where i saw some great comments after last week's show appreciate everybody watching subscribing and doing all that stuff that you do on your youtubes uh but interacting voicing your opinion reaching out through the comment section is always a pleasure kevin i appreciate you because kevin called out bryant after the super bowl was really upset about the rams obviously winning don't blame him and then he said this Damn right I called him out talking about you, Brian. And also keep in mind that the Rams originally was in Cleveland before going to L.A. Cleveland was just fortunate to get a team again. Thanks for the support of St. Louis, Allen. That other guy, meh. I got you, Kevin, and all of St. Louis for forever and 100 years for how they've treated me. They treated Bryant with class and respect, too. He just doesn't want to reciprocate, I guess. I don't know. I don't know his deal with St. Louis. spicy spam sandwich. Peanut butter and spam. That was good. I can't forget about that. It Toast. was still one of the best things. I, I might, hey, I might have been the you, last I'm, time I'm, I've eaten peanut butter. Really? Yeah, um, I haven't eaten peanut butter in a long time. I was going to ask you, Alan. Do you think there's ill will in St. Louis with this partnership that the XFL is going to have with the NFL? No. No, hardly. Not if they get a team. If they get a team, they won't, no one will care. <laughs> no. <laughs> I hope I just hope a condition of it isn't, you know, the NFL telling the XFL, yeah, we'll R and D it up with you the whole way through. You just can't put a team in St. Louis. If they said that, that would be a huge bummer. Let's hope that was not a contingency. Yeah, I mean, between the, the two of you and the XFL. If you're if between the two though, if you're the XFL. Insert me of the guy uh, looking back the at the NFL by holding his or St. Louis. I I don't I don't want to even think about it. Oh, I'm you're still just ninety nine percent sure. Kissing up to these people, if you think that that's not a most of the people in St. Louis would understand that choice if the NFL if the XFL chose the NFL over St. Louis. The NFL well, chose the NFL over St. Louis. It's not. It's a hypothetical. It's not going to happen. I'm still ninety nine point nine percent confident. Where I mean, St. Louis is getting a team. In 2023, I, st- I feel it in my in my bones. Maybe not, if it's not the Battle Hawks, hey, some other team name. But St. Louis and that dome will have football in 2023. How about that? USFL didn't even give them a team, and they don't even have to worry about playing in the city. You know what a missed opportunity. Sounds like a it could have been a win win situation. Call yourself the St. Louis team, and then not have to play there. Win win. I mean, for for someone like you, but I mean, it would have been easy fanfare for the USFL. It's just it's it's BS if you ask me. I'm gonna be a saying those two letters a lot. Uh, this isn't BS though. This is Ken, who, who's got a real theory here that we need to go. We need to seriously talk about Brian. Ken on XFL Show said, "I still believe the USFL knows much of the XFL plan too, because the XFL." had to have talks with Fox about broadcasting games after they got it out of bankruptcy. To what extent, who knows? But they have to have seen their blueprints as well. 
as, as well as the open books in bankruptcy. And that is what led to the USFL starting up. Do you believe Ken's belief that the USFL knows the blueprints of the XFL? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Why? If they did, you know what they if if the USFL knew the blueprints of the XFL, you know what would have been the first thing the USFL did? Huh. They would have played in 2023. Oh. Yeah. I think it's the opposite actually, Ken. If you ask me, I think the USFL and Fox know so little of what the XFL plans to do that they just went ahead and did the USFL this year. That's why. They didn't know what's up with the XFL. They, who knows? They know that they're not kicking off till 2023. They knew that they were talking. They know what we know. And the financials of it, they know who owns it, but they don't know how much is being invested and actually put into it. So they went ahead and they put together the USFL for this season to put football on TV. That's what they know. I don't think that anyone at the USFL or Fox, for that matter, unless negotiations have already started for 2023, know what the XFL plans on doing in terms of wh- how they want to present games, where they're going to be playing games, and any of that. Uh, so no, I disagree, Ken, but I appreciate the thought, and I, I, it makes some sense. But then again, think about it. It's the opposite. It's got to be the opposite because who knows really what the plans for the XFL were when the USFL went into development. And even now where we know a little bit more about their partnership with the NFL and and where we're the at, USFL's they still wouldn't know enough at this point. You really think no, the USFL is closer than ever to kickoff. They're they kicking are off. 40 days, 17 hours, 50 minutes, and 47 seconds. There are players arriving in Birmingham, I'm assuming pretty soon or now, and they're like Training starting camp's to like got to be around the playbooks. corner, right? Yeah, like there's... Coaches are calling players up and introducing themselves. Like, that's all happening now in that league. We are 40 days away from the USFL kickoff, and we are five, 11 days removed from the last time they updated their website. With really? News. Yes. What about anything on the USFL shop zone? Ooh, let's see. Is that what it's called? No, I just called it that, and also... Oh, they did. I did mention in the chat, Alan, that you could buy tickets for the initial game. Oh, for the uh, for the first yes. game in Birmingham, yeah. which is... Uh, who is that between Birmingham, the Stallions and the Generals? In Michigan? Uh, yes, Generals. Mm-hmm. It's a um, all-general admission, $10 plus fees. Kids 15 and under get in free. Sweet. It's a better deal than Monster, the Monster Truck Rally. Kid seats are usually only eight bucks for the Monster Truck. That's good. Yeah. I Fill mean, in the seats. Might be some more coordinated efforts on a Monster Truck Rally than there are in this. But, you know. Well, we'll, I'd, we'll I'd see pay how more many money f- to see Gravedigger than a, than a league dig its own grave. <laughs> oh, that was too, that was like a softball. That was too easy that for you. That was great. I just but came up you, with you that. Could, like, you could use ago. that as you could. <laughs> Quote it, put it on the Twitter at XFL show. We use that, clip that. Pretty easy podcast if you want to promote this week's episode. It's not the well, it's, it's the second best line said about the USFL this week. Oh, definitely. I was going to say that was you're still not even in Jeff Perlman's league, and we're going to talk about a great article written by a friend of the show coming up on this episode, uh, who's also celebrating the start of a TV show based off a book he wrote. Uh, but of course. Author Jeff Perlman loves the USFL, wrote a book about it, and had an article out on Deadspin this past week. We read it, and it was super interesting. And a lot of it was 
be echoes from what we've said on the show. Maybe what we said hasn't been as blunt or brutal, uh, but we will discuss it coming up. But also uh, some more USFL in terms of the players they snagged that were formerly in the XFL and what it will look like moving forward with the players in the leagues and how that might be an issue for the XFL. But first up, Brian, as we dive into this next segment, got to talk about another friend of ours, the former director of football ops for the XFL spoke this past week. It was very interesting. I can't wait to see the full discussion he had, hopefully hoping they post it, but we'll uh, discuss what he was at MIT talking the future of football. And we're always thinking about the future of football here. So let's get into it in this week's cover two. Good crisp football. The MIT Sloan Sports Conference took place and former director of football ops Sam Schwartzstein spoke. And while we haven't seen the entire presentation he gave, it looks like that they they do post uh, a lot of what's uh, said at these this conference yearly on their website, Brian. So I'm going to be on the lookout for it, refreshing that page. But uh, I just read the quick blurb about what Sam was at the conference for, and it, it's it's incredible. I really love it. The last line especially. Here it is, quote, a look behind the curtain on how to create a fan-first football league using Silicon Valley product development principles. Find out how experts, data, and live testing football rules, technology, and equipment to create the best five weeks of startup football in 60 years. So Sam was discussing a little bit of what went went into the XFL 2020 at this uh, sports conference. And yeah, keep an eye out on it. MIT Sloan Sports Conference. They have a website that's pretty comprehensive. They have it yearly, looks like, since 2014. So you could go check it out. Um, they've got the past conferences up there, so I have no doubt 2022s will be up there, Bryant, but um, interested to see what Sam Schwartzstein said at this conference, but we know we've picked his brain of what went into 2020, and I just made me think of, is any of that and how much of it is going into 2023 from the the perspective of the AAF was a Silicon Valley esque company it was being run like a tech company the xfl did not do it to that crazy degree but they didn't incorporate a lot of that mindset do you think anything like that's going to be incorporated in 2023's xfl i think credit to sam Schwartzstein, and and one of the best conversations i had was in vegas with sam when we're on the field during the uh wildcats um mini camp and, and he was just really breaking down how the thought process went into a lot of the things especially the punt um, alignment type rules, all these things. So it was a great conversation I had with him. And I think to his credit, I don't know if the XFL felt like he was needed because he might have done just that good of a job. And he really kind of breaks it down on like what went into all those thoughts, how it how it was all kind of blended into creating a new football league and, and his mindset and the the analytics and all that. Uh, mumbo jumbo that I'm way too not smart enough to actually comprehend, but leverage the data. <laughs> exactly. And, and I think, like I said, to Sam's credit, I mean, maybe he did such a good job that the XFL is like, we're good. We're good. At least for this first season, we're good. And I know you're he, hoping for he, that. He was an, I, and he, he was an idea man with the league. I'm just cu- trying to rack my brain on what, what idea people are involved in the league. Now we know, a bit of the football ops department. There is some carryover with uh, Doug Whaley 
And we know that the XFL is going to be forward thinking they're going to try new things, obviously with this agreement with the NFL, but uh, people like Sam are, I think they're, they're rare birds. So we'll see if uh, who else they incorporate and who, what kind of ideas they come up with. But I do want to, I found a tweet or I was sent a tweet uh, from our close friend, MVP, uh, Brian, from uh, Pam, and she's, Ooh. yeah, she sent me a, a, a tweet, uh, a quote from Sam Schwartz, Schwartzstein, and it said, uh, on the worst idea he ever had to change the XFL. And it was, uh, you take whatever the spread is of a sports book, and then you start the game with that score. And that's <laughs> a bad idea, but even his bad ideas are pretty interesting. I like that. <laughs> That would that, that would just yeah be fun to like be make a part of a video game. That would, maybe you could do it there, or maybe in like fan controlled football. They should do that. The Johnny nice. Manziel League. That's so you got this team. They're they're a seven point favorite, so they start it. They have to start. Uh, you know, at, at, at ahead minus by seven, seven points or down, down minus seven, seven down seven. Yeah, so that'd be cool. It'd be cool, uh, but. Uh, yeah, check it out. Keep uh, we'll let you know if that uh, ever gets posted. His his talk at the Sloan Sports Conference, but Sam Schwartzstein still out there uh, talking and helping people visualize the future of football like we do each and every week here on this show. And uh, we hopefully we'll have him on again. But let's now move on to the USFL talk, Brian, because the data says talk more USFL. It's getting close, and uh, apparently you get tons of follows. You, and we want follows, right? We want people to watch and listen to the show. So you got to talk USFL. So that's what's on everyone's mind. So so remember that each week when I tell you we're talking Is USFL. The, did you change the SEO on our website? No. No, I didn't do any of that. I, I, well, I actually might have put in like a tag, USFL, United States Football League. And uh, not BS, though. I didn't put BS in there yet. Unless... Unless Jeff, what Jeff Perlman says will happen happens, then maybe I will. We'll get into that. Let's talk about the the draft, which we covered a little bit. Uh, But the likes of Jordan Tamu were drafted, Demarcus Gates, standouts from the XFL. Uh, We went over a list of names last week. Bunch of XFL stalwarts are in the USFL, and there's also the report from Ben Fisher at the Sports Business Journal that. The contracts in the USFL are for one year with a one-year option. So the USFL technically could harbor all these players and keep them from going to the XFL contractually. So if that's the case, if the USFL lasts more than a season, they have these contracts in place. They've got guys that we know can play football that are were in the XFL. Do you label player recruitment then as the main concern for the XFL going into 2023? Is it going to be difficult knowing there's a whole other league out there with, what, 38 players on eight different rosters, um, a good amount of players in, in a pool that was there in 2020 are gone? Is that the biggest concern? Uh, I think the, fr- the, the way you're mapping season? it out, makes it more of a concern than it really is. And, the, and I'll put it to you this way. The XFL needs to set a date. Whatever that date is, let's just say it's 9-1. So on September 1st, whatever players are available, we are going to try to bring to the XFL. 
We're not going to worry about who's not available because if you start doing that, then you start freaking out. You just need to worry about who's available to, to play in your league next year. You know, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see Jordan Tamu rock a Blackhawks jersey again. Blackhawks, sorry. Battlehawks jersey again. Oh, all the time I'd love to see uh, DeMarcus Gates in Houston again. I'd love to see that. But here's the thing. I didn't know who DeMarcus Gates was going into the 2020 season. A lot of these play- I, I didn't even know who Jordan Tamu was other wow. than he was one of the top eight quarterbacks selected. Just me being the non-college uh, loving plan, uh, fan like you and Vince are. So I would just say you're a UCLA fan, but go ahead. It's okay. It's fine. And even then, I'm just very not good with players. Yeah. All that being said, you don't know who these players are. If you worry about who the players are going to be or worry about who the players might be or who they're signing, who is this guy that they signed? I don't know who this guy is. You know, we didn't know most of the rosters. And then also, when it came to the draft, a lot of those players didn't make it to 2020. A lot of them got picked yeah. up in the NFL. Some of them got cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and I've always said it to me, it's about the quality of the play. There is a S-ton of players out there that you can grab. And as long as you're coaching them up and you give them time to prepare properly, looking at you, USFL, then you'll have a good football league. I think that's the one thing that we've seen. The XFL gave themselves two years. They planned. They gave themselves a training camp. These teams were together for two months before they even touched an actual football field on television, and it came out to be pretty good product. So that's how I put it, and that's how I see and, it. And they had the they before the training camp, right? They had the team camps, like the little yeah, get the togethers, mini right? The the mini camps, and uh, yeah, you're right. I'm I'm with you. That's just that if you want to. The way we framed the question, framed the segment there, of course, it makes it seem like, oh, all these players are gone. But then Bryant gets to, to the heart of it, and there are so many players out there. He even censored himself. So I'm, I'm proud of you. You didn't need to. We have great producers. They could have bleeped you. You could have said the word. I only get – when I get fired up in this next segment, just have the dump button ready. <laughs> save, but save here, I'm ready. okay. Save it for there. <laughs> uh, but there is going to be – there are – Still, I mean, the USFL took a bunch of players in their draft, but there's still more players out there who probably didn't sign up for it. Um, there are still more players that are going to be entering the pool from college, from dropping out of, falling out of the NFL or wherever the XFL wants to grab them. Probably going to go for younger players, more inexperienced on the pro level players. And, you know, they're going to go out there and they're going to play football. And the, what we always say on this show, I think, is that the college game is so good now. I, the players are so good, top to bottom, the training, the facilities, the the youth programs, how football players are coming up compared to how that was t- even 10, 20 years ago. I just think the game and the players are in a better place where when all the new talent comes in, they're going to be more ready to go out there. And it's not going to be terrible and just – wow, the XFL really missed out because they launched a year later. The players are so much worse than the USFL. The drop, if there is any, is barely noticeable. It's going to be about how the league is structured, how the games are presented, the rule book, and the coaching, as Brian brought up. That's really going to affect the quality of the play, how the XFL compares on the field to the USFL. And maybe even most of all the quarterbacks, because really that's all anybody cares about, honestly, at the end of it. And we'll see what QBs they get in the XFL, Um, because compared to the uh, USFL, you're right, Brian. I mean, the USFL even more so than the AAF and the XFL 2020. 
the names, unless you're a diehard, really, I think you're going to be going way over your head. You're not going to know who some of those guys are. And that's no, no big, if you don't know who Kyle Lalette is, you should, but if you're not following every single player, like, you know, it's no, it's not some people watch football. They don't know every single damn player like that. So it's really at the end of it, how's the league going to be put together and what kind of platform are these players going to be given to go out there and perform to look good? Because you can handicap players as a league, which I think we saw the XFL do in 20, 2001. They gimmicked the hell out of the league and it made it look like a joke and there wasn't really a lot of focus on the quality of the play so that it hurt the league as a whole. Uh, in 2020, Brian brought up, there was runway, great coaches brought in, great coaches all time around. Time to coach the players too, by the way. With time. And that, I mean, right there just shows you, I think. And that might be maybe the most important and underrated thing is the people who are running the teams and putting together playbooks and coaching these players because there are going to be a lot of young players that are going to need coaching. So we'll see how that's done in the XFL versus the USFL. Yeah, and the main thing, like I said, is there's just so many players out there, and if you give them time, they're going to succeed, and they're going to look really good on a field. That's why you have high school teams that look really good, right? Why? Because they spent all the, they spent a whole year together, getting to know each other, getting you know reps. You know, you see college teams. There's 120 football teams in Division One uh, football, right, or whatever. Yeah, whatever you call this it. Is, and this isn't basketball. Honestly, this is the sport of football is a team sport, maybe more so than any other sport. And you can't just have one ace out there with a big name, and you're you're gonna whole team's gonna look good, or even that player will look good. You could be a great wide receiver, and it doesn't matter. You know, it's you're a, it's a me team that sport. Johnny so Manziel. Coaching, yeah. You would have Johnny Manziel in your league over any of the eight quarterbacks that were selected in the XFL's draft. Any of the quarterbacks that were selected in the USFL draft? No. Like, no. But the name's bigger. Don't get me wrong. The name's bigger. But it doesn't matter because on the field is what matters. And at the same time, you know, there's going to be so many players that are available. Like, I'm not worried about this. Yes, I am bummed yeah. that some of these players aren't going to be available. But yeah, Don't there's going to be much. another DeMarcus yeah. Gates. There's going to be another Jordan Tambu. We get excited about the players, obviously. They're the ones playing the game, but don't look too much into it in terms of the player pool and who's available because there's it's massive, the player pool. Honestly, it's all about recruitment and the, the pay, and if it's up to par, which I'm sure it'll be near, at, near or above USFL uh, pay, which is what, near 50 grand, I, I believe, is what the, we last checked around there. So if it's near that and they're able to provide a platform for players to play football they will find football players no doubt and uh it's going to be something we of course pay a lot of attention to but no not maybe not the most important thing on the road uh, when you also have to consider tv deals locking in good stadium deals or good relationships with cities because you want to play in those cities and not just in a hub city and then say your teams are represented by representing some other team and then oh you said that and you used the name and a logo and oh now you're being sued by a bunch of old billionaires from the 80s <laughs> you gotta, that, these are more important things to worry about as a league as a business as something that wants to be a partner with the nfl and lasting for years and years to come oh yeah i brought all that up that's yeah the usfl is being sued 
by former USFL ownerships owners um, <laughs> for the saying they're improperly using the logos and the names. I mean, it's is all way over our heads. We're not copyright lawyers here on the show, Brian, but we saw that come out. We saw Jeff Perlman then come out with this article. Maybe that's what set him off. I don't know. He's a great writer. And of course it was hilarious, but very straightforward and honest and protective of the USFL, which I think is very important because that's someone who actually really loves the United States football league. The original, the original. And this one we're getting, is it, is it anything like the original? And is it any, if it's not, is what it is something we should actually care about? Let's discuss some of these scathing words said, even more scathing than Bryant's ever said. I'll say that about the <laughs> USFL in this week's hot read. So in case you missed it, friend of the show, we've had him on long, long time ago, but we'll still call him a friend because we read his books. He's awesome. We follow him on Twitter, Jeff Perlman. Wrote a Deadspin article this week. We'll put it in the show notes for this week so you can read it if you missed it. Where he asked, bluntly, uh, football fans to boot this reboot with regards to the USFL, uh, the new one, owned by Fox. It's a big week for Jeff Perlman, too, Brian. He's all fired up from that, but he's got the Winning Time show on HBO. It's based off his book, Showtime, which is about the Lakers in the 80s and you know, he, he's he's feeling it. He's 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 feeling it. And while he has his platform, everyone's talking about Jeff Perlman in that regard. He went out and still I love his passion for the USFL. There's probably no one on earth who loved that league more than him. Wrote the damn book on it. And he went out and wrote this article and some quotes from this article asking fans to boot the reboot, which Brian hasn't even asked you yet. We say we want to see the league. We want to watch the USFL. There, there but, are people who watch NASCAR for the for the drafting. There are people that watch NASCAR for the wrecks. Which one are you? <laughs> I'm watching the USFL for well, not the bump drafting, but for the football. I want to see it. I want to see it. For the see I want to see the racing in Birmingham. But here's some quotes from uh, Jeff Perlman, who said, "Don't even watch it," and he doesn't think it'll even happen. Actually, he said in the article, but he brought up the the lawsuit old USFL owners suing Fox and the USFL for using the classic team names and cities. And uh, here you go. So quotes, this is a quote, direct quote from Jeff Perlman in his article. Uh, the new USFL is bullshit. <laughs> from the day it, it was, it announced its arrival. The new USFL has done three things amazingly. Well, peddle some of the sports merchandise I've ever seen. Make absolutely no living homo sapiens excited for its arrival. The USFL held its draft last week. It was available to watch somewhere, I think, maybe. Actually, Jeff, no, it wasn't. It was, was available on Twitter with Twitter. tweets. Horrible. And pictures. Horrible. Yes. Some people liked Horrible. it, apparently. I, I prefer draft coverage with you know people talking and video. They call us. Yeah. It all, and also, Jeff Brown said, it all feels like a late... This is... We've said this. It all feels like a lazy, half-assed effort to throw some football on TV and hope people lap it up. Okay, point no, three. Help definitely me. What's, agree. What's lap it up mean? Uh, I, I don't know. Like what's just kind of I mean, consume it? I mean, it's consume I don't know what, it. I've never, I don't know where I the expression is. I've heard it. I've probably even said it, but I don't know really. That's one of the, I don't know the root. I'll look that one up after, or you can. But, okay, the three points... 
I don't agree with to them all. Respond too enthusiastically or accept eagerly. There you go. Okay, we're not going to accept the USFL eagerly based on the promotion they've given us, and he's right. We're not crazy excited for the USFL. I don't think I, I can't I I can't even gauge authentic excitement for the USFL on social media. A, because I don't trust anything I read or see from anyone on there, really. It's hard to, um, because you can't tell the difference between promotion and genuine excitement most of the time. Um, And I haven't spoken to, I mean, I'm not speaking to tons of people about the USFL, but when I do, it's especially over, I was in Pittsburgh, where they have a team, seeing family and friends the past couple weeks, and Bryant... People know the Maulers are playing, but I was the one to break the news to them that they're not playing in the Berg. There's no interest when you they're tell playing the in the Berg, Birmingham. Birmingham. We're going we're <laughs> to turn it into Birmingham. No, that's lame. <laughs> you tell them. You're, why yeah, why would you deviate from Birmingham? That was like set up for you. <laughs> Birmingham. Well, you tell you tell people. Yeah, we have a team. Yeah, where are they playing? Uh, at the Riverhound Stadium or uh, some, somewhere where the Maulers playing? Oh, in Birmingham. Next time, Alan, that they ask you, t- tell them that they're playing at Three, ri- three Rivers. <laughs> yeah, the ash hole, the hole in the ground with all the ash in it, the old ash tray that's now just ash. No. See, you, you, he's right in that, in that regard. They're not, you're not making anybody excited because it is – watered down i don't know how how, how i'm phrasing it nicely he said half-assed it's being thrown together we've said this how would you give you you football on tv watered down something that is nothing to begin with (laughs) like i I, you know jeff perlman i love the man because if you follow him on twitter he he goes off on tangents and it's like intelligent chant you know i don't see him as an angry man i see him as a man who laughs at stupidity laughs at you know when people try to con him you know I, I see him as the man who talks to those people that call you you know to get you to send them he talks to them for like 30 minutes just to mess with them and then he gets a kick yeah. that's how i see Jeff this is an old man right? this is not old man yelling at cloud my usfl is being disrespected no. now he did say like he called out instances where this new usfl has kind of disrespected the lineage and the players that made the USFL cool, at least to people like him. And, you know, I see that. I mean, when you don't show love to the great Sam Mills, I'm disrespected as a football fan. So I see where Jeff Perlman's coming from there. But this isn't just him screaming about, I love the USFL. They're ruining it by bringing it back. No. Back when I was young and that's not what's happening here. No, he's calling it out for what we've seen, at least uh, uh, from our perspective on the show, with this league and how it's being put together. It's being put together quickly uh, without any real uh, muscle behind it. No, No marketing muscle, no real interest in the people who even own it to get you to be interested in it because all they really think is it'll be football on our channel and people will watch it because it's football and they're giving you football for football's sake which is nice but where's the love where's the character let me ask you this question where's Alan? the are, where's the interest are, are we at at this point do you think we'd be further along the 
excitement level, further along on the marketing level, further along on all these things that we said they were lacking three months ago. Did you think at this point, when we're 40 days out, that they'd be further along in all those things that we said they were missing three months ago? I Yes, absolutely. As I definitely thought once you have a draft and players and faces to your league, then you would start pitching them, selling them, making us interested, doing things on social media. I don't know anything, uh, but just no creativity, no interest from the ownership of this league. Jeff Perlman's right there to get us interested. The, it's like if you want, we love analogies here. So here's an analogy. It's like, you know, uh, let's get back to daddy issues. If you have a dad who knows you're interested in a thing and and buy and says, get you get you like a present or something, but there's like no love behind it. It's kind of just to get you to leave him alone. That's what I feel like the USFL is. It's a present being given to us. Just leave us alone. Quit asking us for spring here, football. Kid, here's just, this. Here, just take just this 20. Take, get out of my take, face. Yeah. Go, go watch go the game. Buy what, you know, yeah, it's or actually no, that's yeah. Instead of a present, it's a gift card. <laughs> you know what you like. You go get it. Here's just, here just it tell me, just order it. Use the card. Let me know how much it the costs. Football. I got you the football thing. It's here. Go watch it. Here's the football thing. And it's got all these old teams that you might know. You watch them. And then next thing I don't you know, know just dad's put on sued. cartoons. I don't care what <laughs> yeah. colors. It's fine. It's disingenuous is maybe the word we can use. It's it feels disingenuous from that's the word he used. (laughs) It's the word you need to use, Alan. Just throwing it out on the TV just to give it to us. And thing is, okay, it's giving players a chance to keep playing for money, and that's awesome. Guys who would not be pros are going to be pros. Cool. And they're it's giving the city of Birmingham, I guess, uh, some at least chances and opportunities at boosting their economy which is a good thing we usually say yay but is it really or is it wasting people's time are people packing is it like the AAF where people packed up their lives and moved places and then were left you know just holding the bag and having to figure out some people literally how am I going to get home (laughs) you know this is different because it's temporary and it's in Birmingham and not being brought to that city like they're going to move there and up and go and they bring their families there. But it's still, you know, a, a big decision for a lot of the people involved in this league, uh, some more than others. And who knows? Yeah. What if you're a player and you have this opportunity to go play in the USFL or you have a chance to go further your career you have a college degree and you got to go get on with your life these are decisions those players are facing for sure go go chase your dream of course we say but how risky is it and what kind of support will they have now the usfl has this thing they're saying okay you can if you don't even have your educate your college degree you can continue education they're going to help with that but there's a lot of considerations we have to we have to make I think as fans, instead of just giving us football and putting a shiny coat of 80s nostalgia on it, are we actually being given a league that the owners of the league care about? Do they care about the sport? Do they care about us as fans and engaging with something new and fresh that's not the NFL? Do they care about these players at all? Or, like Jeff Perlman said, do they just want to put football on TV for a quick buck? 
There's a quote as an unemployed man who currently left his uh, position at his job because he hated his job. I, I saw a quote that that said, if they say working here is like family, you need to run like hell <laughs> away from them. And I feel like the USFL is like, come on, it's the USFL. We all know this. It's 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 like the football you always remembered. Come on in. I don't know. It's you know it's 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 a farce. I said a long time ago with like this that gives people a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to the to spring football. And at some point, and God bless them, but at some point, it's not going to be the fans you piss off. It's going to be the players, and the players aren't going to care about these stupid little leagues anymore if you continue to do this, where you give them the hope. Yeah. And it continues to go away. It's so hard. It's hard why. though because a lot of the players that brought, get brought into this league are young guys who don't know anything better than just I want to chase my dream and continue to play football. And these will always come around where they it's a shiny opportunity and they're going to go for it. And you cannot blame them for that. But in the past, we've seen these attempts. USFL in the eighties, legitimate attempt. Crazy rich guys just trying to go out there and own football teams and live large. And, you know, it was nuts, that league. It was nuts, but it was fun, and it was put together, honestly, with effort. The XFL in 2001 was put together maybe not in the same vein, but from a maybe – well, from definitely from momentum where Vince McMahon was business-wise and also – um, bravado and ego and just the sign of the times too it was like an in your face over the top sexualized crazy um, it was like the what the USFL was but behind they didn't paint the it as and they, they didn't paint it, it as like football yeah. come watch it they made it yeah. as something different they tried it spectacle. wasn't as different as it was it was spectacle yeah so I give yeah. them the credit it didn't last because of the timing and all that stuff but they didn't but come it to was, it as like it was put together as a league for be, to capitalize on the cultural moment they were in. It wasn't put together in an honest football-loving way it was in 2020. I would say when you're talking spring leagues historically now, USFL in the 80s and XFL 2020 were leagues put together with a conscientious effort uh, to grow the game of football, to utilize uh, an empty space on the calendar for something everybody loves – and give opportunities to people, make make money, of course, but also at the same time, make a, a business out of what the NFL is doing. The NFL does not have to be the only show in town with all we have uh, in terms of the empty space on that calendar for, with no football. And it's been honest attempts like those two that make you think, okay, can actually catch one day. There were crazy circumstances in both situations. With this USFL now, you look at it and you face, you put it up against the historical moments of spring football. You've had leagues put together in really elaborate, expensive ways. You've had leagues put together in, uh, you know, by hucksters, small-time leagues put together by, you know, people who are just trying to uh, throw it together and see see if they can maybe garner enough attention. Um, and then you have this league, which is. 
I, I don't know, would we say the laziest or maybe the most secretive or I don't know how you would label it. He labeled it as, Perlman labeled it as lazy. I would label it more as just more corporate and behind the curtain and I, I and careful, but like not in a good way. <laughs> it's being done careful financially, maybe too carefully, but you understand why. But then again, this is spring football if you're going to try to stick with it stick, go for it and it doesn't seem like they're trying to do anything more than get one season in there it really doesn't you know jeff perwin went as far as to say that he doesn't even think this league is going to kick off and with the lawsuits happening and and everything going on you know the reality might set in that this this is becoming something that maybe it's a better idea that it doesn't kick off for all parties involved you don't want that for the players and the fans that are excited but sometimes you just kind of have to, you know, wipe the egg off your face and say, whoops, my bad. Didn't mean that for that to happen. Yeah, that's happened before. And are they going to go through with it? And now this lawsuit, who knows? We'll see. Um, I agree with a lot of what Jeff Perlman said in that article. The league not happening. I just don't. I don't feel like it's that that kind of a issue. The lawsuit, at least now from what we've heard or. And how we've over seen the them roll it out, week, it feel like it'll happen. Over the last week, it feels like the league's not happening. They're at the same news level as the XFL right now in terms of new news. Nothing new has happened in the last week and a half. Like since so the XFL you, announced that it was partnering with the NFL and the draft, we haven't heard anything from either league. And the XFL is kicking true. off in forty nine weeks. Yeah, and the USFL is kicking off in forty forty days. So. <laughs> What do so you, to tell you that's that that is a good but as we wind down here the temperature gauge then do you do you think i mean we're this is now speculation do you think that the lack of news and and anything coming out post draft means those lawsuits are like legitimate and there might be a real issue here for the usfl uh owned by fox i think there's a few possibilities for sure. I think one is the, the Fox is just like, ha, 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 we're going to do this. Fine. Whatever. The second is the, these lawsuits are legitimate and we need to um, figure this out before we continue because we don't want a huge lawsuit on our hands while we're trying to play a football. And third, it, it might be an out. It might be an out for, it, for Fox. Well, they probably like have equipment and all they have, they have like tons of websites, logos, ever, all that stuff. Could they, like, if this is a legit, the lawsuit at least, if that's legitimate and, like, they're really scared of it, could they just change everything, throw new names, slap new logos, and go play a season? Or, or then what are they? Easier then to get out of there. <laughs> what are Fox they if that goes away? The FFL. The, the Pittsburgh Mueller's. <laughs> I don't know. The New Jersey I, I, Generics. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The USFL's 40 days Michigan out. Pathers. Kicking off, and I don't know. Pathers. I don't know. It's interesting. It's... And I, at this point, I want to see it still, but I can see myself come next week when we get together, Brian, saying, you know what? Actually, I think it's better that the USFL doesn't kick off. This is getting to be ridiculous because if you're not giving us any what are we gaining? news or, or promotion, what are we getting are you at the as point fans where you about the US? Is it more football? Is that truly well, right what now, we want right when it's now, this? As it's, from what it has been presented, 
these logos in the hub city of Birmingham with the players that were drafted and the coaches we know about. I'm in for that. Okay, I'll watch that. Give me that. That's fine. We'll see how it goes. But if you're getting, you have this lawsuit, you're, you have a strange, strange marketing tactic of doing nothing. <laughs> uh, what's, then, what's, hold on. What's, what's the point of spring football in its grand, like, top sense? More to football. give fans more football and more players football. more opportunity. Do we want yeah. more football if it's this? Like, that's an honest question. Do we want to watch more football if this is the more football we are getting? I will reserve my judgment until we see it actually play uh, them play a game. Um, and it's nothing too egregious yet, but the lawsuit's interesting. And the radio silence after a draft we as fans uh, is deserve upsetting. I mean, I'm going to sound like a petty fan, but we as fans deserve more than what we're getting out of a USFL. Yes. And, and maybe and we were spoiled with 2020. Fan. Maybe. USFL fans deserve more than what they're getting out of the USFL right now. If this is mm-hmm. the XFL in 2019 and we were 40 days away from kickoff and this was happening, I would have laughed. I would have laughed everybody off the field. I'd be like, what are you guys talking? What are we doing? What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Two years and this is what's happening? Like, yeah, I mean. And- stand up against your yeah. USFL <laughs> owners and, and ask them what is going on because in reality that's what's happening. So, is it because Jeff we were Perlman spoiled in the spade of spade and and wait, wait, we're is spoiled? It because we were spoiled in 2020? You think maybe because we were given as fans uh, access and glimpses the at the league as it was being built. USFL's giving. Yeah, do you miss, and I hate miss Charlie Ebersole? <laughs> you know, like I, I I I despise the AF more than probably the USFL. I don't know. We'll see what happens when kickoff comes around. But we got more from the AAF. Than we did from than we are getting from the USFL at this moment in time, and, it, and at some point you're going to get to the point where it's it's too far, too little, too little, too late. Like this, some of this stuff's not even going to matter anymore. Well, they do have rosters, they have coaches, they have a city and a place to play. With they, have and head coaches. Head they have head coaches. They have head coaches. I guarantee you, a head coach is not going to be running that entire team. Who knows what kind of staff they have in place? Just a lot of question marks, man. Just a lot. There are. There are. You think but you're no one's get asking the referees them. from the Birmingham High School referee. Oh, Alabama High School refs, maybe. I mean, we'll see. I, I'm interested to see there. Oh, also, we didn't mention they don't have a rule book either. Announced, at least. It's just, I don't. Are you booting the reboot then? I've been booting it for a long time. I just, I, I just find it hard to believe that we are still at this point 40 days away yikes and you know what i say hard to believe but i don't know if it's that hard to believe and hey with four uh what 49 weeks till the xfl we both won't uh pull any punches either we're i i think both not as uh, satisfied as we could be when it comes to announcements from the xfl going that's into always next gonna season. be the case and that's tough that's a tough uh expectation for them to meet especially when we were just a couple years fresh off of a, a league build that was just enthralling and non-stop with just news and interesting things to discuss and new elements of the league being brought up um but you know we're going to call it the xfl for similar things it's not egregious i think like the usfl's getting or is honestly 
But hey, we're discussing it. It's happening apparently in 40 days and we will break it down as it happens too if it happens the usfl let us know what you think though interested to see the feedback we get from this episode brian if people agree with jeff perlman if people think he's being too harsh if you're too harsh if i'm too harsh on the usfl we want more that's all just more out of the league if they're saying they're going to give us football yeah we love football but we want you to be legit and we want you to treat us like smart football fans not just a bunch of hooligans who are like football's on the tv i got some money let's bet no we're more than that okay and and the players are more than that we all deserve more than i'm proud i'm proud of you i'm proud of you man you 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 called the usfl what it needed to be called this to this episode i'm very proud of you oh thank you i appreciate you i appreciate i appreciate you lewis that way that would be great no but either way never Either way, catch us here every single week right here on your favorite podcast app. That's Google, uh, Apple, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you give us that five-star review and tell your friends about us. If you got a comment or a question or topic you want us to cover or you think the USFL is just the way Jeff Perlman does as well, well then call our text XFL fan line 724-565-4XFL. Remember, standard text messaging rates do apply. Also, follow us on all social media platforms at XFL Show. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, TikTok. I think is actually up. And don't forget to watch us on YouTube at our <laughs> at XFL.show, the official website of This is the XFL Show. And don't forget to check out our sponsors, Pretty Easy Podcast. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com and get started today because they make podcasting uh, pretty easy. They sure do. And we sure did a fun show today that's probably going to be chopped up a little bit because, I don't know, Brian, the mountains of Virginia where I'm at, I don't know if my signal, we were like, like sort of delayed throughout the conversation today, but we got through it. We powered through. And I, I when, mean, I think when, I'll be when here you next face week, adversity, so. when you yeah. face challenges, when, when you're staring at deadlines and you're like, Hey, we got to make this happen. You know what you do yeah. USFL? You plow through, you move forward, you yes. make it happen. Learn from this show. If you're going to learn from any show out there covering for spring football. And what Bryant just said, we both heard growing up all the time from our fathers. We love them very much. Yes. And we love you. Although I, I although I will say, Alan, it took me about five years to realize you talk to your father. But it's okay. <laughs> Don't hey, you know, every, everybody, everybody has their own relationship uh, with their dad. And you know what? Some, some of your dads out there used to tell you about the USFL and what a league it's it was. the end of Big Daddy or something. <laughs> I'm going to go pee on a brick wall, and I'm going to uh, side with uh, Jeff Perlman and all the dads who grew up loving the USFL. Don't sully the name of a great league. Make sure you <laughs> treat it right and you give us uh, football with respect, Fox. That's all I'm going to say. I'll leave it at that on this episode Bryant next week hopefully we aren't talking about a lack of news from either league we get into some details on some things but who knows every week it's different and that's the fun part and the frustrating part at the same time but we'll be here regardless to discuss it all and uh we're out of here from the mountains of Virginia Brian I'll see you next week right here uh that's Brian everybody I'm Alan this is the XFL show remember They're listening. (gasps) I mean watching. They're watching. Damn it.